give honor to, amen, to uh, Pastor Cortez uh, for the opportunity, the invitation to be with this wonderful congregation. Also, uh, every single one of your ministers and leaders, thank you once again for welcoming us. Uh, it's always a blessing to come and, and just be in fellowship with you. Amen. We pray for you. We, amen. We love you very, uh, all very much. And and we're thankful for what the Lord is doing here. Amen. So will you go with me to the word of the Lord? We're going to the gospel of Luke chapter 3. The gospel of Luke chapter 3 verse 16 through 18. Amen. And I will do my best to fulfill my responsibility uh, before you this day. Uh, from what I have felt to share with you. Once again, thank you for accepting us, for receiving us this weekend. Amen. We feel at home when, we're, when we are here. We're thankful for that. Luke chapter 3, verse 16 through 18. John answered, saying unto them all, I indeed baptize you with water. But one mightier than I cometh, the latchet of whose shoes I am not worthy to unloose. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire, whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor and will gather the wheat into his garner. But the shaft he will burn with fire unquenchable. And many other things in his exhortation preach he unto the people. If you will allow me just for a few minutes this morning, I want to speak to you with this title in mind, Consuming Fire. Will you say it with me? Consuming Fire. Lord, we want your fire to come down upon us today. God, we pray for the move of the Holy Ghost to be so powerful that we leave this place changed and transformed. Lord, my desire is not to just have a regular service, an ordinary service, God. My desire is for us to have an encounter with you. That we may leave from this place changed, transformed, saturated by the power of your spirit, O oh God. Lord, meet us in this place. Surround us with your glory. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Will you shout amen once again? Clap your hands unto the Lord as you take your seat this morning. Hallelujah. Understanding the times that we are living in. Make no mistake about it. The church is and has been under attack. It is an open season for attacks on pastors, on ministers, and the church as well. This world system seems to bent on trying to drive the church into a corner. Challenging. Produce your credentials. Let us see what you are really are. Are you really alive as you claim to be? Or are you dead? Do you have the goods to back up your doctrine and your widespread claims? Or is the church just another, another institution that preaches one thing and practices another? In a world that is marked by the coldness of a Laodicean age, the church must be alive 
and it must be on fire. The Holy Ghost must run deep into our souls and blast and melt away our carelessness, our unconcern, our compromise, and our deadness. John the Baptist declared, He that cometh after me is mightier than I. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Now Luke stated, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. And he sat upon each of them in Acts chapter 2, verse 3, when the, when the Holy Spirit was poured upon the 120. Then we also read Paul, when he writes according to what God speaks through him, he writes that God is a consuming fire, giving us to understand that when God comes upon us, he brings a fire that will fire, uh, burn things in us. And not only burn things in us, but change our lives and our destinies. The church. My brother, I'm not talking about a building. I'm talking about individuals. I'm not talking about a bureaucracy or a denomination or a creed and a program. I'm talking about the people that are under the sound of my voice. The everyday down-to-earth people who are the called out. Those are the ones that have been called out of darkness into his marvelous light. Those that God has called out of the world to perform a ministry to the people of the world. And the only burning power of the Holy Ghost will enable you to do it. And I don't know about you today, but my desire is for the Holy Ghost and fire to come upon us this morning and for us to have a transforming experience with it. Edwin Hatch penned this prayer for his day. He said, breathe on me, breath of God, till I am wholly thine, till all these earthly part of me glows with thy fire divine. Charles Wesley wanted God to blast him and burn him until he glowed with God's spirit. As he wrote, oh, that in me this sacred fire might now begin to glow. Burn up the dross of base desire and make the mountains flow. Though thou who at Pentecost didst fall and all my sins consume, come, Holy Ghost, for thee I call. Spirit of burning, come. You see, the church needs to get back to praying those kind of prayers. Prayers that we are praying that we will glow until the Holy Spirit will pour upon us, allowing us to meet the needs of the world today. This world is sitting in a precarious position of uncertainty and is waiting for the church to stand up and give its testimony. This world is not seeking for a weak church. It's not, it's not looking for a dead church. It's not looking for a church that is asleep in a slumber. No, this world is waiting for a church that is on fire for of God. Amen. To rise and to preach and to declare to them thus saith the Lord I wonder if I'm before that church this morning in this place I wonder if there's somebody here that is full of the Holy Ghost and that is on fire for Jesus 
You see, the, the, the church that God called, has got, that God has called out, the church that God has anointed, the church that God has appointed to bring revival to a hurting world. It is us. There's no other church. I'm telling you around this area, you got to believe we are the church. We are the church that God has ordained for this hour. We are the church that God has placed for this season. We are the church that has truth we are the church that has power we are the church come on somebody this morning amen will you amen believe with me this morning there is a fire that is still burning and we need to desire it it is our time as a church that God has called out to pray that God will burn through every wall of doubt that God will burn through every obstacle that we face. That God will burn through every, amen, pessimistic atmosphere that we, that we confront. That God will burn through every negativism and burn through our sins. Burn away all the things that keep us from being the answer to this world's cry. We ought to be praying like never before. That God will burn us with his truth into our minds until we conclude with Zechariah 4 and 6. When the prophet spoke the words of the Lord, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. I don't know about you, but we cannot fight this world according to how they're fighting. We cannot lower down or stoop down to their level. We got to get on our knees and pray in the Holy Ghost. We got to get a hold of the fire of the Holy Ghost and begin to glow in every every path every darkness every place of insecurity we got to believe that the fire of the Holy Ghost still burns inside of the church John Fletcher which was a colleague of uh, he was a colleague and successor of John Wesley in the English Methodist societies who often spoke of the baptism with the Holy Ghost and with fire and burning love wrote, let us enter the full dispensation of the Spirit till we live in the Pentecostal glory of the church till the spirit of burning and the fire of divine love have melted us down. You see, we have our programs and our methods. We have our way of doing things. And maybe we should allow our ways to die. And allow Christ to move. We need to allow the spirit to burn up some of the things we don't need. And turn them into ashes. And cleanse ourselves from them. Let's lay them at the feet of Jesus and say we are utterly, utterly helpless in this ministry without your spirit and your power. If you weren't here on Friday evening. You missed out on a great teaching. See, one of the things is we can have the abilities. We can have the talents. We can have the giftings. But if the power of the Holy Ghost is not backing our abilities up and our talents and our gifts, I'm telling you, we are just putting up a show. We need more than just a show in this day and age. We need a move of the Holy Ghost. 
We need a pour outpouring of the fire of Pentecost upon every single one of us, uh, from our ushers to our hostess, uh, amen, to our teachers in Sunday school classrooms, uh, to our music ministry, our praise team, uh, to our preachers. We need a flow of the Holy Ghost, uh, and not only from our ministry team, but even from our liaisons, from our, amen, people, laymen's in the congregation. We need a move of the Holy Ghost like never before to come upon us. We need those divine interruptions where we can just forget a little bit about the program and just allow God to visit his church and allow God to glorify himself. Do I have a believer of Pentecost in this place? I believe I am in a Pentecostal church. Amen. I, I know that we're trying, we're trying to do our best to be according to the culture of this time. But let me tell you, a Pentecostal church will never be, amen, comfortable in the culture of this world. There is a difference. I'm telling you, I need preachers and teachers on fire for God. Give that page, that little Paisley talk to, you know, very comfortable, very smooth talk go give it to a Baptist church but in this Pentecostal church we need people that have power we need people that have authority we need people that are on fire for God I'm not I'm not just because I'm a yeller I don't need somebody to be a yeller because you can be very calm unlike me and still speak with the fire of the Holy Ghost and still have the power behind the word. I'm telling you, there is a difference when we worship our God. Our musicians worship our God. When the praise team sings, there's still a fire that we can feel that shakes us up, that moves our hearts, that will take us into a surrendering for God to have his way. How about somebody this morning will lift up their voice and say, God, let your fire come down. Let the fire fire burn on us yeah you we we need to pray like never before that he will burn out those things that have kept us from being victorious that have left us at the mercy of the enemy that have left us beaten down and defeated and almost dying he wants to come and he wants to burn away those things that have hurt many inside the church that have taken the life out of many and left them less than triumphant. It's time we throw all of our cardinal weapons at his feet and catch a new vision. Second Corinthians 10 forces for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty through God to the pulling down of our strongholds. We need people that are on fire so that we can bring down and tear down the strongholds of the enemy we are in a spiritual war we are having spiritual warfare and for that we need people with fire of the Holy Ghost in their lives in our spiritual warfare one of our main concerns should be the fortress that Satan has set up in our minds the place where our imaginations and thoughts are are, are as or is a target of Satan. Big battles, my brother, 
are won or lost on the battlefield of our minds. And Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians 10.5, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. As one Bible professor used to say, the greatest nation is imagination. Satan comes to set himself up in the minds of men. He doesn't have to worry about his other programs as long as he is in control of the mind. Proverbs 23, 7 says, for as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Uh, uh, speaking about the man, and I'm telling you the only thing that can defeat and destroy the power of Satan in the mind is the sanctified burning power of the Holy Ghost. And I'm telling you, when we get full of the fire and full of the Holy Ghost, there is no way that enemy can get into our minds and discourage us. This is the time for revival. This is the time for growth. This is the time for multiplication. And the enemy will not discourage the church. You see, our weapons are usually natural. We try to act in our flesh. But when we are full of the Holy Ghost, our weapons are not natural. Our, our weapons are not human or earthly or physical, but they are spiritual. These weapons are of the Spirit. And Paul says that they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. See, when the church receives that kind of power, it will storm the gates of hell and demolish the opposition. Just a few, a few weeks ago, I was, I was getting ready to, to go to Mississippi and preach at, a, at an event. And right before we left, I, we started an a, a evangelistic cycle in our church. And I believe you, you, the church is here, the, the church here is in, in, in its evangelistic cycle, getting ready for Friends Day, right? <laughs> so we're preparing for our Friends Day. And the Lord dealt with me through prayer. And one of the things that he placed in me was go and surround your city. And just start praying to this, for the city until I tell you to stop. We started, I started going every evening. Every evening. Until this past Saturday evening. The Lord said, okay. But one of the things is for weeks that we were doing is just driving around the city and just praying. And I believe that God will give you specific strategies. God has given a specific strategy for this church for this time. And if you follow through and you go and you follow your pastor through this strategy, you're going to see the results and the fruits of your obedience and what God is going to do here. But one of the things is I, I believed that God was setting us up for a specific breakthrough in our city. And so I began to do my part. And I kept it private for a while. Then I, I started sharing it with a couple of my, my brothers that are in the pastoral team. And I, I shared it with them. And one of them said, Pastor, for the last two weeks, I have felt to go pray around the city. And I, and I said, well, why don't you go with me tonight? And I'll show you what I've been doing and you can go with me. And so he went with me that evening. 
We prayed around the city. We started, we, we go into spiritual warfare. And we start, you know, just naming things that we feel in the spirit and start praying against them specifically. And so we got to the point where this, this brother was asleep. God woke him up and said, go pray in such area. So he got up and he went to go pray in this specific area outside of town. And so that's, God started working with him in that area. Then God started speaking to another brother. Go pray in this area, specific area of, in town. And started showing different individuals in the church where there was some strongholds that needed to get destroyed. And I'm telling you, when God begins to move within the congregation, not only in the pastors or in the, in the, in the ministry team, but when the people of the congregation begin to understand that they have the authority of the Holy Ghost to go into these places and tear down strongholds. I'm telling you, there will be a breakthrough that will start happening. Amen. And you will start seeing the fruits of that. Because when God empowers the church, it's not empowering an individual. It's not empowering just one family. It is empowering the entire body. It is empowering the congregation to walk. And I'm telling you, church, if we can just get a hold of a fresh dose of the Holy Ghost and fire, what will happen in the next few weeks? What is going to happen in the next few months? I'm telling you, there's going to be a shift and a transformation of the power of God in this house. Will somebody believe it this morning? The episode of Elijah on Mount Carmel in 1 Kings chapter 18 is a clear picture of many of the people in our churches today who would be greatly used of God but cannot be because they have not taken authority over the spiritual enemies of the soul. Elijah said that God, the God that answereth by fire, let him be God in verse 24. And the prophets of Baal prayed and prayed and they tried and they prayed and they cried and they cut themselves and they screamed. In verse 29, the Bible says they prophesied until the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice. That there was neither voice nor any to answer nor any that regarded in other words, there was no answer. The failure of the prophets of Baal was a supreme moment for Elijah. He could have decided to try for an answer by fire with the same methods used by them. And how many times have we thought that the human methods used by the world are what we need? And perhaps we've all been at least a little tempted to rely on them. And we have tried to scream the fire down or shout the fire down or pay the fire down or sing the fire down. The truth is that none of these will bring the fire of God. They may accompany a move of God, but they won't bring the move that God wants to give us. The only way to bring an answer by fire is to really pray it down. 
Elijah took preliminary steps that teach us a valuable lesson. Elijah called the people near to him and he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down because if there's something and if there's anything that will bring a blast of fire into our churches it is the rebuilding of the altars and I'm thankful for altar calls. I'm thankful that we are able to come as a church, as a body, as a family to this altar and have an encounter with God. I don't know about you, but when we first started having services, I, I, it felt weird to not have altar calls. It just, I, I didn't feel complete. I, I didn't feel whole. I felt like something was missing. It wasn't the same, just speaking the word. I'm not Jesus. Jesus could take care of that. Jesus could speak the word. But I miss that encounter, that closeness at the altar. And I'm thankful for open altars again. I believe God has been restoring altars at homes. I believe God has been restoring personal altars. I'm thankful for those altars in our lives. And I'm telling you, if we can begin to repair them, the fire is getting ready to fall from heaven. Amen. The fire is ready to come down from heaven I know I know there's altars that have been torn down in our homes altars that have been torn down in our churches in our schools and in our nation and it is time for a rebuilding project our altars represent the places or the place where God once dealt with us where God moved upon us and the anointing of the Lord fell and we felt so close to God and had the spirit of victory. The Bible says that, that Elijah dug a trench about three feet wide around the altar. He piled the wood upon the altar, cut the young bull into pieces, and laid the pieces on the wood. Elijah left no room for doubt. He wanted the whole group to know that God would answer by fire. He wanted them to know that God would work through everything that would try to hinder him. They poured water on the, on the burnt offering. They flooded the altar until the trench was completely full of water. And it looked like God couldn't possibly answer. He wanted no one to be able to say it was a trick. Then with a simple prayer of 63 words, the fire came down and consumed the sacrifice and the stones and licked up the water in the trench. No amount of water, amen, no amount of doubt, no amount of satanic hindrance could keep him from answering. And that's what I'm here to tell this church. Keep praying God is about to answer his fire is coming down his spirit is being poured out he's visiting his church like never before keep on praying keep on worshiping keep on praising the church in our day still has all of its pessimisms I do I do understand that there's still there's still doubts there's still negative thoughts and there is satanic hindrances that come upon people. One Bible scholar once said, when a spirit of revival comes, someone will take a bucket of water and pour it on the fire that is burning. One will say, I know we can do it. And another one will pour a bucket of water on it and say, it can't be done. We all know those, those, those kind of people. 
that there's people of faith and then there's people that, that are just there to discourage others. Another one will say the Lord wants to move. And another will come up and an, with another bucket of water and say, but he's never done it like this before. You see, the anointing may begin a fall. And someone else come and say, is this not our way of doing it? But when God begins to move, and when the real fire of God begins to fall, the flame of the Holy Ghost takes care of all of the water of doubt, all of the water of fear and uncertainty. See, the church is not a dead institution, but it is a living body. It is alive. And it is well. It is the body of Christ. And Jesus spoke and said, I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. How do we know this will work? The next scene on Mount Carmel shows us specifically what happens when the fire falls. When the spirit of burning from God came, the fire started at the top and worked its way to the bottom. In 1 Kings 18.38 says, Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. It was a miracle. And all the people fell on their faces at once, declaring that Jehovah was the Lord and was God and when God begins to fall on our altars in our churches he will always work from the top to the bottom I know some people have said well if there's fire in the pews there's going to be fire in the pulpit no my brother no my sister we got to understand the fire falls from the top and it begins at the top and then it goes down to the bottom we got to get pulpits on fire again we got to get the platform on fire again. We got to get the ministry on fire again. We got to get the cell group leaders on fire again. Come on, do I have a minister in this house that is on fire for God? Do I have a leader in this place that is on fire for God? If we want our guests, if we want our visitors to feel the fire of God, somebody's got to be burning for the, with the fire of the Holy Ghost. need to get the pulpits moving in the move of the spirit amen feeling the fire of the holy ghost he moves from the preacher to the layman and God still speaks to men today as he did to men of old let him burn up anything that is wrong all of our ambitions as we stand to our feet all of our selfish desires any little flaw in our lives any spot and blemish all of those things that keep us from ministering in power we need to let the Holy Ghost and fire fall upon us today we need to have an encounter with the fire of God there needs to be a new refreshing of the spirit of God in this place if you haven't spoken in tongues in the last week today you need a renewal of the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues if you've never spoken in tongues in your life today God can fill you with the Holy Ghost and give you the evidence of speaking in other tongues but every single one of us under the sound of my voice we need to have an encounter with the fire again 
It is until the fire is burning within us that the miracle signs and wonders will come. You see, we're trying to entertain the presence of God. It's not about entertaining the presence. It's about act- activating the presence. You see, one, one thing is to worship God and to praise God so that he will inhabit the praises of his people. He will descend into our midst. But it's a different thing when we begin to cause God to move. When we begin to cause God to glorify himself and start healing and start delivering. And see, our praise will make God visit us. Our praise will attract God. He will descend to our midst. His presence will be felt. when the fire of the Holy Ghost is burning and we, we, when the church is praying and it's in, in intercession and it's connected to the, His presence we activate God then these signs shall follow those who believe we want deliverance we want healings we want miracles Let there be a consuming fire that comes upon us. Let there be a fire that will really burn all of our talents. Let there be a fire that will burn all of our training and all of the skills that we have. Just burn them up and bring forth new weapons that are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. It's more than just a song. This is how we fight our battles. But it's more than just worship. It's more than just singing. It's more than just playing an instrument. It's more than just standing at a door. How we fight our battles is through the Spirit. How we fight our battles is connecting to the, to the spirit that will burn on fire and will begin to intercede. There's another level for the church. It's more than ever before. The church needs to go into that deepness in the Holy Ghost, into that depth in the spirit. There, there's a deeper level in, the, in, the, in this spiritual warfare. It's beyond what we can do in the natural. It's when we go beyond our singing, beyond our music, beyond our preaching and we just enter into the spirit of intercession where God will lead the church through spirit and fire. It's my desire that my words would be beyond the speech. The apostle Paul said that, they, that he didn't come with, 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 with a word or, or speech of human's knowledge or understanding. He said he was coming with demonstration of power and of the Spirit. I want my words to be just more than just a lecture. I want my words to just be more than just a lesson. I don't want to preach just a little sermon, a sermonette. I want my words to be backed up by the fire of the Holy Ghost. 
that will cause somebody that knows that they're in sin to come to an altar and let the Holy Ghost fire burn that sin away from their lives. I want that the words that God will use me to speak will cause a leader or a minister to say, God, I want the fire like never before. Burn us with your fire. Let us glow with your glory. must stand before a mighty God and say God I cannot do this myself I, can't, I cannot fulfill this ministry on my own only you can do it stir up the gift stir up the fire of the gift of God that is in you, Timothy. I know that fire is about going out, Timothy. I know you feel the pressure that all your other, all your other buddies feel. Timothy, I know demons left me for the love of this world. But Timothy, you still have something your mother and your grandmother gave you. So stir up that gift that, I, that you received when I laid my hands on you. You see, Timothy, as a young pastor, he knew, he knew the circumstance that he was going through. His friends were beginning to, to, to walk away from truth. Demas, which was a contemporary of Timothy, who had walked with Paul, was now gone. And he had left Timothy for the love of the world. And Paul knew the, the situation Timothy found himself in as he penned that letter. And he started reminding him, stir up that fire. There's more beyond your ministry, Timothy. <laughs> There's more beyond your pastorship. There's more beyond your prophetic gift because that's the gift that Timothy operated in. He received the gift of prophecy when Paul laid his hands upon him. telling him hey you got to stir it up and I have come with an urge an urgency with the, this, 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 this heavy desire in my spirit today to just rekindle somebody's fire to encourage somebody to cause that consuming fire to come down I don't know when's the last time you had one of those moments with God where you forgot about who was around you, what was around you, and you built that altar, and you placed that sacrifice, whatever cost you, you laid it upon that altar, whatever it, the price may be, and you closed your eyes and you lifted up your hands and you just prayed a simple simple. God, show yourself to be God. Let your fire come down. Let your consuming fire just come upon this altar. Come upon our lives and our hearts and our spirits. And as the old song would say, I wish somebody's soul would catch on fire.
So as I open this altar today, this morning, I pray that you come not just to just take a step or just say, well, I went up to the front. No, I pray that you come to build, rebuild an altar. If you need to rebuild an altar for your family, come and do so. If you need to come and rebuild an altar for your ministry, come and do so. If you need to come and rebuild an altar for your leadership, where once again that fire divine comes upon you and seals and approves your ministry, your calling, your family. It's beyond from what we can do in our natural abilities and giftings. I open this altar right now. Will you come to this altar? You can come and kneel down. You can come and lift up your hands. But before we sing, before we, we begin to worship, and before the, the ministry begins to flow from this minstrels, I want this church to lift up their hands. Oh, I would love for you to just open your mouth and say, God, once again, consume us. Consume our carnal being. But rekindle our souls. Consume our carnal beings. Consume our, 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 our emotions. Consume our abilities. Consume our talents. But God, fire us, fire our souls upon fire. Catch our souls on fire. Lord, let there be a renewal of your spirit come upon us. That this world may see the fire of God upon us. That this world will see the glow in their darkest times. Oh God, that we will glow through the fire of the Holy Ghost. Every unbelief, every doubt, every pessimistic attitude, every negative attitude, God, remove it from me. Remove it from me, God. Burn it all away. Give me, oh Lord, faith. Give me trust. Lord, help me trust in your word like never before. Help me trust in your promises like never before. Help me believe, oh God. Let the fire of the Spirit, oh Lord, burn within me. That I will speak faith. That I will speak life. That I will speak favor. That I will speak restoration. Come on, church. Somebody ought to get on fire for the Holy Ghost. Somebody ought to get fire from the Holy Ghost.